Sirah, a biography of Muhammad, the last messenger of Allah, written by Professor Dr. Safwat Khalilovich. Chapter 45 Treaty of Hudaybiyah Events of the year the sixth and Noah Hijrai. It is not easy for a researcher to single out a particular year of the Prophet's life in Medina, given that each of the ten years that he spent in that city was marked by very important events. Nevertheless, the year 6th Enoch Hijrai is special for two very important events in the Prophet's life. One is the slander of Aisha radiallahu anha, referred to in the Islamic sources as Haditha'tul Ifq, which represented a great tribulation in the life of the Prophet and the Muslim community. The other is a peace agreement at Hudaybiyah, known in the history of Islam as the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. That treaty actually facilitated creation of preconditions for the liberation of Mecca, although it appeared unfavorable to the Muslims at first glance. After the Battle of the Trench and the campaign against the Banu Qurayza, which happened in the month of Shawwal and Dhulqadeh, the fifth and Ahidrai, respectively, the Prophet returned to Medina and spent there the month of Zulhijjah, Muharram, Safar, Rabiul Awal, and Rabiul Akhir. In the month of Jumad al-Ula, the sixth Anoah Hijrai, the Prophet, peace be upon him, launched a punitive campaign against the Banu Lihyan, who had betrayed and caused the death of Hubayb ibn Adi and his men two years earlier. He then returned to Medina, where he spent a part of the month of Jumad al-Akhir and the month of Rajab, and then in the month of Sha'ban, the sixth Anoah Hijrai, he launched a campaign against the Banul Mustalik, a clan of the Huza tribe. He triumphed in that battle, took many captives, and seized abundant spoils. Juwayriya bint al-Harith, a daughter of a chief of the clan, was taken captive and the Prophet offered to release and marry her. She accepted and the news that the Prophet married Juwayriya spread quickly. So people said, These men are now the in-laws of the messenger of God and they released the members of the Ben Mustalik, whom they held in captivity. So Juveria's marriage to the Prophet was very beneficial for her fellow clansmen, and that was one of the reasons for the Prophet's multiple marriages. Humane and societal and very often social reasons were most often a decisive factor in all Prophet's marriages after Hadija radiallahu anha. The Prophet took along his wife Aisha radiallahu anha in the campaign against the Banul Mustalik. When he prepared for a journey, he used to cast lots to decide which wife would accompany him. He did it that time as well, and the lot fell on Aisha. On their way back, while they were resting at a place near Medina, she lost her necklace. She stepped out of her howdah to look for it, and that held her back. But the men that carried the howdah mounted on a camel, believing that Aisha was inside, and got going, Aisha narrated, I found my necklace after the party had already gone away. 
I came to the place where the camp had been, but I did not find anyone there. I decided to stay at that place, as I thought they would notice I was missing and come back to fetch me. And so I was sitting, I fell asleep. Safwan ibn Mu'attal al-Sulami had been in the rear, and he set out when the evening came. He reached the place where I was. He noticed that someone was sleeping there. He came closer and recognized me, as he had known me from before veil was prescribed. I woke up when he exclaimed, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Verily, we belong to God, and verily, unto him we shall return. When he recognized me, I covered my face with my veil. By God, he did not utter a single word to me, and I did not hear anything else from him but, Verily, we belong to God, and verily, unto him we shall return. He got off his camel, made it go down on its knees, stepped on its front legs, and I mounted it. He thus went on foot, ushering the camel. I rode until we reached the army in Marisin, where they set up a camp. The Hippocrates, led by Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, used this opportunity for defamation of Aisha and started spreading rumors in Medina and its vicinity that she had committed adultery with Safwan. That generated a very unpleasant climate in Medina. The devout believers knew that Aisha was innocent, and they were bothered by the suggestion that a prophet's wife could do something like that. Although the rumors were in full swing, the prophet kept silent as he did not have any proof to refute it, as the revelation about it was not coming. The situation grew ever more difficult. The slander affected several persons. The Prophet, peace be upon him, Aisha's husband, Abu Bakr, and Ummu Ruman, Aisha's parents, and Safwan, the Prophet's companion, who was accused of something he had not done. But naturally, it was Aisha who had the most difficult time. This unpleasant atmosphere lasted for about a month until the revelation of the beginning of Surah 24 light, refuting the Hippocrates' allegations and threatening the ones who circulated the rumors. The slander of Aisha was an extremely trying period in the Prophet's life. Siras state that three Muslims were scourged for spreading the calumny. Mistah ibn Uthatha, Hamna bint Jahsh, and poet Hassan ibn Thabit. Mistah ibn Uthatha was Aisha's male cousin, whom Abu Bakr had helped financially and then suspended his assistance because of the rumors that Mistah had spread. Whereupon, after the revelation of verse 22 of Surah 24, he resumed his assistance. Hamna bint Jahsh thought she was doing a favor to her sister Zainab bint Jahsh, the Prophet's wife, who would have been his favorite had it not been for Aisha. According to some opinions, naturally, the Hippocrates, led by Ibn Salul, were the driving force behind the slander, but some Muslims thoughtlessly started spreading it too. These three persons were most active in it, therefore they earned their punishment of scourging with eighty lashes to each, which is ahead a Sharia law penalty for slander.
Interestingly enough, the slender originator, Ibn Salul, was not scourged. Scholars say that it was because scourging would have diminished a mighty chastisement in the afterlife that he was threatened within verse 11 of Surah 24.